Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Almost 30 podcast, baby. Vote. Who do you like doing the intro? <laughs> Who do you like saying hello first? Lindsay or me? Lindsay or me? Uh, oh my gosh. You know what that reminds me of is when, oh, oh my God. I know what Chloe, you're going to say. Chloe? Yep. Chloe, our dear, dear Chloe, who worked for us for like four years. She was uh-huh. our first employee. It was literally five years ago. She made the playlist. It was like, she did like a vote on Instagram that was like, who do you like better, Krista or Lindsay? <laughs> Where it was like our worst nightmare. It was It was actually like our worst nightmare. And it was like meant as a joke. Oh, no, no. What happened it's is like we, a, we created playlists. Yes. I created one, you created one. But then she posted it like we created playlists. Like, who's is better? Yes. Making it like a duel. Um, and we were like, no, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> we don't want to know. Yeah, we're like, we that's really don't want to know. <laughs> like, you know what's weird too is, um, I remember saying this to my mom or dad. I was like, you guys always loved Bryn more, my sister, mm-hmm. or my sister more. And my sister was like, no, they loved you more. And just the perception I think all kids have where you're like, oh, they 100%. loved. Maybe the favorite knows they're the favorite, but I think a lot of times you think that they loved the sibling more. Mm-hmm. I just thought there was always a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I don't really, I Do feel like you like, love us all, but there's also a lot going on. We looked like Muppets. <laughs> we looked like those two Muppets. When they, those, you know, where they're like, bah, <laughs> like, bah. <laughs> and they just like roll their little Muppet heads back I think back as and the laugh. oldest, it's like a different perception because... It's like the second or third probably has a thing with like me getting attention because I'm the oldest, but I don't yeah. I don't know. I felt like the second mom sometimes. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know if I feel whatever. Anyway. Yeah, honestly. I'll take it to therapy. You're like, you I, you're like, I can't feel the love, but I can give it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because my mom was like, I always thought I was giving you more. <laughs> Everyone is in their own freaking, in their own freaking experience. World. I had another situation where my mom and my dad were together and they were like, yeah, we were talking about your shenanigans when you were younger, which is interesting because I'm working on healing my inner teen. So yeah. they were talking about my inner teen moments. And they were like, remember that one time where you snuck out when you were grounded to go to the John Mayer concert, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's so weird because I remembered... This is, guys, this is psychotic. I remembered my mom stealing the tickets from me and giving them to her boss. Okay. So that her, this is this is my inner team. So that her boss would like her. Is this true? So that, okay, so I, in okay. my mind, my mom stole the tickets from me that I bought, gave the tickets to her boss so that her boss would like her. And I got grounded to cover her ass that they were just stolen from me. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, you just me? wanted to impress your boss. I know, psychotic. Wait, what was true? You don't know. Okay, this is what was true. I got grounded. <laughs> and then my mom did ground me from it and did give the tickets to her boss. But I said she, but I thought in my mind she grounded me to do that. But I think she gave the tickets because I was grounded. I see. I mean. And in your blind rage, you're like, you stole them. I went mental. <laughs> mental. That Dude. is a very weird thing to do though, too. For my mom to be like, oh, here's an opportunity to like give tickets to my boss. <laughs> like, how do you know? Like, <laughs> see, that's the thing. Like as a teen, I'm like, something's off. <laughs> like wouldn't, like you wouldn't be like, oh, you're grounded, now give me the tickets. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm going to put them on Facebook. More. Oh my God, I gave my mom this backpack that we got in an, an event. I'm like, oh, she'll use it. I didn't know if she'd use it. <laughs> um, I had a notification chop up, pop up. She put it on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> I was like, it was like, it was literally twelve dollars. Oh no! It was a nice She's ass- probably gonna make some money off that. Uh, she she put it up for twelve dollars. Oh okay. So I was like, dude, what? <laughs> it was like so funny. There was this one time that. I said I was going to my best friends for New Year's and I was really going to this party where this guy was that I liked, but like, I didn't really know if he liked me back, but I had the perception that he really did. And that's why I was going. And he like asked me, but he didn't actually ask me, but I told myself that he asked me. Of course. Anyway, so I risked, I risked lying to my parents, going to this party, which ended up being like across the street from where my grandmother lived. Very weird. I didn't know that was going to happen. And there were like pictures taken at this party, innocent pictures, but like pictures with the guy, pictures with people, like there's booze in the background, whatever. I'm such an idiot. And I I think I put it on, I think it was 
Oh, I think it was Snapfish. It was either Snapfish or Facebook. And I labeled it like, oh my God, stop. Me and my <laughs> me and my Georgia Peach, because this guy was from like Georgia or something. And my mom, like when she like came to catch me, like she found it. I guess she like followed my Snapfish or Facebook. I, I have no idea. I don't remember. And when she came to catch me, she's like, you and your Georgia Peach? And she was like almost crying, like finding this because I had lied to her. I was like, none of this, none of it was worth it. None of it was real in my perception. He didn't like me. Like nothing panned out. (laughs) Dude. And I was grounded. I'm like, why wasn't I just clear? Why wasn't, you know, I mean, come on. Everything was so unclear. My parents were like, I don't know if you've ever told us the truth. Yeah, I know. I was just like a web, oh, I was a web of lies. Too. I've gotten that before. I hated that. Yeah, dude. I was like, that was like a, a part of my personality was being a liar. I was like, I have to lie to you guys. Yeah. You don't let me do anything. I know. <laughs> I even lied to guys I dated a lot. Okay. I like was like what? known as a liar. Okay. They were like, oh, you can, <laughs> they were like, oh, you can date her, but she's going to lie all the time. <laughs> but I she's a liar. this really nice, really hot guy that I dated. And all the girls were like, um, yeah, just be careful. She like lies and cheats. And I'm like, jealous. And I'm, they're fucking so right. And I was like, jealous. Oh my God, they're so jealous. What are you even thinking? Like, <laughs> they're fucking so right. I was like, piece of oh shit. Oh my God. Just kidding. <laughs> I was a girl that needed healing. I was an inner tra- I was my inner team. And I was just looking for outlets for my expression. So that's what's that. <laughs> that's what's that. <laughs> Okay, Holy let's, moly. let's transition to talking a little bit about the topic of this episode. Mm-hmm. So Lindsay and I both do solo episodes. As you know, if you're listening to Almost 30 all the time, we have interviews that we do with experts, healers, teachers, and leaders in the space. We've been doing them for a few years now. So there's like 500 that you can dig into if you want to learn about health, wellness, spirituality, personal growth. And then we also do solo episodes as well. So these are episodes that we go deep on topics that we feel passionate about, or we go deep on parts of our story. I've done body acceptance. I've done the life edit. I've done the law of one. Um, I've done my hormone healing journey. I've done microdosing. And this one today is going to be talking about the spiritual ego. And so the spiritual ego is really, really powerful and profound. And I think for all the people that are listening, it's a really important part of our um, our evolution and a part of our waking up journey where we start to discover spirituality. You know, you discover spirituality on your journey as this part that really helps you to connect to the divine, to yourself, et cetera. But what happens is we also develop the spiritual ego or the ego hides in the spiritual ego space. So we see this when we are judgmental of people that aren't you know, doing spirituality in the same way we are. Uh, we're judgmental of people that think differently than us. We're judgmental of people when we're calling them sheep, when we're separating ourselves. And so it's really supportive of our journey to always be mindful of the spiritual ego. So in this podcast episode, I dig into what the spiritual ego is, how we know it's activated, what are some signs where we know we're in the spiritual ego, how to move out of it, and uh, my journey with the spiritual ego. Do you think the spiritual ego is a part of becoming spiritual. It's almost like, yes. I think I'm curious your thoughts. Like when you find spirituality or you have an experience that um, helps you to remember that you are a spiritual being, an energetic body, a, you are God, you are source. Um, how as a human, as the human part, it's so like, it's so exciting in a way where you're like, it's like this new aspect of self that becomes almost intoxicating where you're mm-hmm. like more, more, more. And then because you're still a human in relationships and navigating this world, it, it's hard not to want to bring either people into it with you, want them to do what you do. You know, it's, so I wonder if that's kind of a part of the process and being able to like, I don't know if it's tame the spiritual ego ego, or just recognize Mm -hmm. what that is. Yeah. I think it's the awareness of it. That's what sort of happens in religion sometimes where if you're religious, you're like, oh, everyone should do it this way. Oh, everyone should know God. Everyone should know Jesus. Like, 
everyone should be doing this. This is what it means for you to be on this path. And the real spirituality is the honorance of free will and the honorance of people yeah. on their path, knowing that they're in right relationship with God, however they show up, and knowing that they're in right relationship with their higher self, however their path is. And everyone's looks very different. You know, everyone, some person could come to this life wanting to experience um, lots of pain and resentment and um, confusion and um, whatever that path is, it's not really ours to say if it's right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like part of the process because then after that, you move beyond where it's like the A Course in Miracles vibe, where it's like the 5D of no separation, where any separation is an illusion. And when we judge or when we condemn or when we think we're better than, that is still participating in the illusion of separation where we're like, oh, you're not, or like that isn't spiritual because you are, you know, buying nice clothes mm -hmm. or you are doing whatever. And then we're seeing ourselves as separate. So whenever we can tell is when we're in that separation. But I do think it's a key part of the process. And I still even, I have so such a hard time with this. Like mm -hmm. there's so many concepts in A Course in Miracles or in like any 5D in quotes text that I'm still have a hard time with. Yeah. And I, it's interesting like how I feel like the spiritual ego can really show up. And I feel like you you probably talked about this in the episode you did on my partners and spirit yes. as spiritual. That was like a precursor. Yeah. Like there's, I think it shows up most obviously in relationship because you love the other person so much. So you're like, this is a way that I'm going to show my love by either wanting you or forcing you to do certain things or see things the way I see it. And it is just such a beautiful practice to allow someone to be who they are and exactly where they are and know that your interference in that, you know, is somewhat of a, a major distraction from like your own, yes, your own path. Yeah, what if my partner isn't spiritual was a solo episode I did. And it's a good precursor to this because that's one of the questions that we get the most, which is, from women, for the most part, that are on their spiritual journey um, or people that identify as women, and they are feeling like their partner, most of the time a masculine, is not on the same journey as them. They're not reading as much spiritual information. They're not wanting to grow. You know, they're on the, they're not on the personal development path. And, you know, a lot of that is is true and profound. And there's a lot of values that we have and should be able to abide to around that that are important. And so it's hard because it's like, there's part of it where it's like, this is, if growth is really important to you, mm -hmm. then that's a value that you should live, you should have within your relationship. But then there also is the spiritual ego piece where you're looking at your partner feeling like they should be doing the same things that you're doing to make themselves to be spiritual. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case. Yeah. You know, sometimes the most spiritual thing is not listening to 50 podcasts on spirituality. Sometimes the most spiritual thing is not consuming every course on spirituality yeah. or resharing every post that seems to be spiritual. <laughs> and there's just so many different definitions and flavors of spirituality that exist. So it's really being in honorance of of those, however however they, they show up. And oftentimes like being able to allow people to be who they are and where they are, mm -hmm. then... I am less likely to miss how they might teach me yes. about my like my spiritual self. You mm -hmm. know, there are there are ways in the simplicity of certain aspects of another person that I'm like, oh man, yes, it's the most spiritual thing I've ever witnessed. Big facts. <laughs> yeah, this is where. And so when we think about spiritual ego too, it's exemplified in a lot of spiritual teachers that oftentimes have so much light, but then they also have so much shadow and darkness. And sometimes when they're not working with or identifying that shadow and darkness, the spiritual ego can hide in there. So they're, you know, taking advantage of their students and doing mm -hmm. inappropriate sexual acts. And the spiritual ego is kind of like that part of them that believes that they're better than mm -hmm. others and they're mm -hmm. the guru mm -hmm. and they're, you know, separate in that way. And sometimes they're acting within that darkness that hasn't been recognized or integrated. Yeah. But it comes up it comes up a lot. It's something know. that we all really have to work with and bring kindness around, but I'm really excited about this one. I feel 
I feel like the topic is super relevant. So I would suggest listening to what if my partner isn't spiritual. And then also um, lonely on your spiritual path is another one that I did where I talk a little bit about the spiritual path and journey. And this touches on the spiritual ego as well, because the spiritual ego also loves to feel lonely. loves to feel like yes. it's the only one um, as a way to feel separate or special. Mm. So I hope you enjoy Again, you can message me if you want to talk about this one on Instagram at it's Krista, it's I-T-S Krista. And then we are on Instagram as well at Almost 30 Podcast. Yes. And I'm at Lindsay Simsick. And if y'all have questions or topics that you want us to discuss, we also do episodes together, Ask Me Anything episodes. So make sure to DM us your questions. Thank you for listening. As always, we appreciate you, your listenership. We know that there are so many podcasts out there and the fact that you come to Almost 30 and subscribe, it means so, so much. So thank you and enjoy this one. We'll see you on the other side. We love you. This one is getting me excited. When I think about doing solos, I'm like, okay, what is feeling like it's giving me the most energy? What is feeling like it has the most gravitas? What kind of message can I bring through that makes me the happiest to talk about or makes me the most interested to talk about? And right now it is the spiritual ego which I cannot wait to dig into with you because I've had my own process with the spiritual ego. Um, And I find it to be so relevant within the spirituality community. And it's also been something that's kind of caused me to like, just kind of take a step back a little bit from it all. You know, I think when you see clearly that there is so much spiritual ego at play or spiritual narcissism, some people like to talk about, you're like, oh, wow, like that's actually not spiritual at all. You know, when you kind of pull back the curtain of the spiritual community where you're like, oh, these people that say they love all people, love all people except or love them if, you know, it's that if then mentality, it's the really the finding opportunities for separation and seeing people as other is really a lot of the spiritual ego. So the spiritual ego is so important because on our spiritual journey, and I know that we've all been on this journey together, so many of you have awakened in the past couple of years or really, really ramped up your spirituality process or your spirituality journey. And for all of us on this spiritual journey, it's one of the most important parts of our process and even like a graduation process per se. A lot of people get stuck in the spiritual ego and feel as though they've reached the end point uh, when they discover spirituality. But really the ego oftentimes finds another place to hide in our spiritual identity. So I'll never forget when I was a senior in high school in Ohio, (laughs) a public school in Ohio, I remember being a senior and I'm like, and I was like, damn, what else is there to know about life? I literally was like about to graduate. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if there's anything else to know about life. And that is sort of the feeling that the spiritual ego has when you start to consume spiritual information, you start to understand the world in a different way, you start to understand the truth of the world. I think a lot of people in the past couple of years have gotten really stuck in this where you're like, okay, I'm awakened, they are a sheep, I know this, they know this, you know, they don't know that this, blah, 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 blah. It just kind of can contort itself to find other opportunities for separation. So when we see these sort of things happening, we know that the spiritual ego is activated and that is judgment, which the spiritual community loves. We love it, we have to say. Separation, othering, you know, the judgment happens when we're like, oh, they don't eat this way. They don't practice this way. They wear this thing, they say this thing and feeling like you're better than other people because of your spiritual path and journey. You also have the othering. So the othering is when the spiritual community becomes almost like cult-like, and I think some people have seen this within parts of spirituality or parts of self-help or parts of wellness, where you all just start to other other people, where you're like, oh, they don't drink kombucha or they watch TV. And you find opportunities to feel like you're better than other people because of your spirituality. There's also this addiction to consuming information and spiritual texts and books and podcasts and all these things. So you can stop all of that and just listen to Almost 30. (laughs) Just kidding. But it is that addiction to that consumption. It is 
if I find this information, then I will be better. Or it's more so the feeling like there's no bottom, feeling like you are better than others because you've consumed this information, that you are always on the path to self-improvement, that you're never whole as you are, and that you your ego becomes more inflated the more information you consume, the more books you read, the more podcasts. You're like, oh, I know about that. Oh yeah, that's the Pleiades. I know about them. Or like, you're like, I know about this ascension process and this level of whatever. And you just kind of use it as a way to feel better than other people or feel like you have a one-up on other people. And this is sort of where that overconsumption of information can be bad too, because you're also not integrating it. And I think we can all know or tell or feel vibrationally when someone is speaking from a place of true integration of information and when someone is like just repeating it. And that's why so many people come into the space and they will be coaches or they will be astrologists or they will be whatever. And they actually don't succeed because the information actually isn't integrated from a cellular perspective. They're just regurgitating it from a mind perspective. But the spiritual ego really will cause you to feel this addiction to consumption of spiritual ideas and concepts and philosophies. And I could even catch myself doing it. You know, when I'm working with people in our space and um, friends and I find them to be making me feel small because they know more spiritual information. My spiritual ego is like, oh my God, I need to be able to quote, you know, Yahweh. And I need to be able to understand this like deep principle and philosophy because that will make me feel better. And like, I have this identity that's based in my spiritual knowledge. So I definitely have to catch myself in doing this all the time. And the spiritual ego really, really uses itself to feel superior and to judge and condemn others. And Eckhart Tolle says, um, the ego has many ideas. It says, I want to be a spiritual person. I want to be recognized as a spiritual person. I want to be more spiritual than all these other people. And I'm definitely more spiritual than you. The essential dysfunction of the ego is still operating. This is why we have the phrase, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You have to reach the place within yourself that is unconditioned, what I sometimes call formless. So it is that I am more spiritual than you because I meditate five times a week. I am more spiritual than you because I am vegan. I am more spiritual than you because of this. And finding ways to disassociate from oneness, separate ourselves, judge others. I have been vegan plant-based for years now. I was vegetarian since I've been 18. So I've been doing this for a long time. And I did find myself in the early phases of this being like that, where I was like, oh, they are not spiritual because they're eating meat. They are not spiritual because they're doing these things. And even in my own life, I've noticed that when I'm adding a lot of dogma to my routine, when I'm saying, I need to meditate for 20 minutes a day, morning and night. I need to eat this way. I need to journal. I need to give back in this way. I need to do these things. When I'm adding that dogma, I know that the ego is at play because I'm really, really creating this space where it's like keeping me out of presence, first of all, because I'm always kind of on to the next part of the the process. And it's really bringing me to this place of like, I am a spiritual person if I do this. And I think we all also know experiences and situations, maybe when we've traveled or when we've seen family or when we've been in nature, that we can see the most spiritual things happen naturally without anyone around. And that's sometimes when I travel, this will happen where I'll see, you know, the man working on the farm that lives on the farm that supports his family, that supports the community around him. And I'm like, that is a spiritual ass life. And he's probably never meditated. So there are people that are living very, very spiritually that are not having it known by everyone, that are defining spirituality and their connection to source in their own way. The spiritual ego is really, really hard to recognize in ourselves. It's really hard to recognize in ourselves. It's the hardest to transcend because it's that last place. So when we first start our awakening process and we become conscious, we are able to observe ourselves and our thoughts. We don't identify with our thoughts. We first discover the ego. We realize that the ego is that part of us that's gossiping, that's judgmental, that is, um, 
you know, this identity that we were forced to create from a very young age that was very, very important to our survival. But then we realized like, oh, I am actually God. I am actually oneness. So that is not me. And then as we start our spiritual journey, the ego hides within that spiritual process and hides within the spirituality as the identity. So now that we've evolved to our identity was, you know, a sports player. Our identity was a trombone player. Our identity was this. Our identity was a college student. Our identity was these things, a corporate, whatever. And then we're like, oh, I'm a spiritual person. And then we're like, ooh, that ego is like, oh, I need that place of that spiritual person identity rather than the formlessness that Eckhart Tolle talks about to hide. The ego will identify with really anything that we're placing in front of it. So if you are doing a lot of music, you're like, I am a magician, which is a beautiful identity, but it's also not you. So when we're like, I'm a spiritual person, we are identifying with this idea that also is not us. The ego is very much a shapeshifter. Throughout our lives, it will shapeshift into a lot of different ways and become a lot of different things and really use itself as a way to protect us. And the less aware that we are, the less sneaky it needs to be. So because you have made it so far, because you have come so far in your spiritual process and your journey and that you are at the place where you are in spirituality, consciousness, you are understanding yourself, interconnected to everything else, the ego needs to be more sneaky about where it can hide rather than when you are 16 years old and you're like, I love sync, And I, you know, you are very comfortable with the ego running the show. So the less aware we are of it, and you know this with people that are very egoic, you can call them very egoic, you're like, oh, you're not very conscious. So as we evolve in our consciousness, the ego becomes much more sneaky and hides in the spiritual identity of the spiritual ego. So the more our awareness expands, the more complex and nuanced the spiritual ego needs to be. And this is why we see those spiritual leaders and we all know them. It's like part of the process where they have these giant egos, but yet they are so conscious. So we've seen a lot of teachers over time that are incredibly powerful, profound, sharing incredible insights of consciousness of the earth, but then the ego is not in check. Oftentimes because they're having that egoic identity affirmed every single day, through their teaching, through their lessons, through their lectures. And so the ego is very able to hide. So the greater the consciousness, sometimes the, the more difficult for the spiritual ego to, to be eradicated or kind of worked with or recognized. And it doesn't need to be eradicated. We can talk about that later, but it's like the recognition or the coexisting with that spiritual ego. And there's really no safer disguise than the spiritual seeker for the ego. And this is why um, so often there's so many wars based on religion. There's so much trauma based on religion because of the belief that God wants me to do this, or this is the will of God. This is the will of Allah. This is the will of whoever. And that basically, that identity of that religion gives people the permission in their minds to act from the, the space of the spiritual ego, which is separation, which is judgment, which is condemnation. So the spiritual ego is really, really rampant within religion, really, really rampant within these different dogmatic principles and why we can find it as a way to continue to judge and separate. But within the spirituality space, which is much more open, less dogmatic, much more free-flowing. There isn't like that identity so much to the one religion or the one belief system, but it still provides an opportunity for the, for the spiritual ego to hide. So you can probably relate to these ideas on you know, your spiritual journey. I definitely can. So at being addicted to spiritual knowledge. So you want to read more, you want to watch more, you want to consume more, you want to just continue consuming all this information. That was me for so long. I mean, my podcast game was like, do you have a single thought that is your own? <laughs> like sometimes at the end of it, I would be like sitting in my car, dead silence. I'd be like, hello. <laughs> Because I needed to call back to myself and my own thoughts. I would be consuming so much information 
because I was so excited by it, because it was so fascinating to me, because I loved it so much. But it was also because I was working to create this new identity for myself because I had left another one behind. So I'd left the corporate world Krista behind, the blogger Krista, whatever those Krista identities were. And I was stepping into this new space and I was like, okay, how can I help build the walls of my ego around me? What tools, texts, and resources can I do that? So it was the, and it is the addiction to spiritual knowledge because we all know that probably the most spiritual thing is really to sit in peace and silence, to look in, to be quiet to be present with nature, to be present with our relationships, to be present with the world around us. And so it takes us out of, of presence and then also gives us that opportunity to just kind of be known as the seeker. And once there is that identity of the spiritual person or the seeker, that's where the ego is. So we know we are not our identities. We are not a seeker. We are not a spiritual person. We are this ever-present, beautiful, forever infinite being, but we have these identities. So we also know that on the spiritual journey, we can probably relate to this feeling where we feel a sense of ourselves being enhanced. Um, if we are all perfect, if we are all whole, no matter the situation, if God is looking at, at us all without judgment, with acceptance and love and purity of every part of the process, even if we find it to be repulsive or we disagree with it, part of the spiritual journey is a feeling that we're getting better. We're enhancing ourselves. And I do this all the time. It's hard. It's hard to catch yourself where you're like, oh, because I'm meditating every day, I'm freaking amazing. I'm these things. That is still separation and othering and not like true, true oneness. We hope you're enjoying this conversation. We're going to take a few moments to share brands with you that we love and who support this show. Okay, you've heard us talk about Elevy bars. They are best known for their collagen protein bars, but yo, I gotta talk to you about their functional nut butters. The Elevy Superfood Cashew Butter is so creamy, so delicious. It has cashew butter, superfood powders, and hemp seed oil. So this is a plant-based, nutrient-dense, on-the-go spread. So they come in these little on-the-go packets. So whether I'm at home, I smear it over a banana or an apple, or I take it with me on the go, I am obsessed. And they're so freaking cool. Okay. So they have these vibrant colors, which I think is so fun. Um, the one that I love the best, even though they're all amazing, is the blue spirulina vanilla. So it is blue. It's gorgeous. Um, it has spirul blue spirulina in it, which is derived from blue green algae, a nutrient dense super plant with antioxidant, anti inflammatory properties. It has a super silky texture and a vanilla forward flavor, which I love. And I put it, I'll like swirl it into my oatmeal. Um, it elevates my smoothies. I'll put it on toast. It's delicious. So this improves focus, satisfies your hunger for sure, increases energy and boosts skin health. It kind of tastes like vanilla frosting. Need I say more? They have other flavors like pomegranate beet as well as dark chocolate. So check them out. They are so cool, so unique. Vibrant superfoods galore and zero inflammatory oils. So no palm oil. Yay. All right, y'all. We have a code as usual. Almost 30 is the code. Go to elevi.co. E L avi.co. Use the code almost30 for 15% off and free shipping on two pouches or more. Elavi.co. Use the code almost30 for 15% off plus free shipping on two pouches or more. I am a big, big fan of bone broth. Anyone else? I love it for gut health and for skin health. I truly notice a difference. The collagen is a miracle worker for skin, for joints. I just feel so good. And I'm excited to introduce you to Beauty and the Broth. So these are incredible on-the-go packs of concentrate. So broth concentrate that you add to hot water. I love bringing these on the road when I'm traveling. I love having them at home and it makes getting my collagen easy peasy. Beauty and the Broth is the first shelf stable with no preservatives, single serve concentrated format of beauty bone broth. 
no salt added. So it's low sodium, again, single serving, all clean ingredients. And all of the ingredients are reputably sourced. I am so excited for you guys to try. The website is thebeautyandthebroth.com. I really, really love the organic chicken bone broth. The beef is also unbelievable. The organic beef bone broth. I kind of switch it off every other day. So you add this to hot water. It is easy. You can take it on the go. You can have it at home. Y'all, your gut, your skin, your body overall will be so, so happy. So go to thebeautyandthebroth.com and use our code ALMOST30NATION for a 20% discount. I'm excited for you guys because it's so good. Thebeautyandthebroth.com. Use the code ALMOST30NATION for 20% off. We acquire more information oftentimes. So another part of the process is acquiring more information than can be integrated, which I've talked about. And our self-enhancement is mistaken for our spiritual progression. And we're really assuming that as we, you know, are doing a morning routine, that is like the ideal morning routine, we're really mistaking that for our own spiritual progress and they don't coexist. So we have intellectual understandings of things, but it's not the same as like actual awareness. And that's what I'm talking about. The unintegrated information is having the intellectual understanding of something, but not having the awareness and the integrated awareness of it. For me, this, a good example of this was with oneness and with unity and with unity consciousness. And I used to believe that that was... um, that that didn't exist, that within the third dimension or density, that it was the dimension of polarity and that we actually, there was no such thing as unity, that we really lived in this polarized world society, which I do believe that the third dimension is a dimension of polarity where we learn the lessons of polarity. But part of that process is to ascend that and to have unity and oneness. And until the law of one, which is a book I talk about quite a bit, I didn't fully understand oneness and I didn't fully understand unity. And I thought, that it was spiritual bypassing to believe in something like that. And I think that spiritual text changed something in me to understand oneness more. And the integration of that information is something that is different for me than when before I'd be like, yes, peace and love, all is one. But I actually had an intellectual understanding and not a deep awareness and integration of the information. So the mind creates the spiritual ego whenever seeking starts. So once we start to be like, oh my God, I want to have spiritual seeking, the mind creates the spiritual ego to hide in because it's recognizing that this is part of the process to move away from the ego, to move away from these protective, you know, this protective shell, these protective identities that we've created our entire lives to keep us from pain, you know, to keep us from all these different things. When the mind takes things and turns them into my understanding, I know this, I do that, that's really enhancing the false sense of being the separate self. And the oneness, the unity, the we are all one, we are all part of the infinite creator is what is the antidote to that. So when we see ourselves as any separate self from anything but oneness, that is where we can find the ego. That is where we can find, you know, the spiritual ego in the space. And I think a really radical text and conversation that A Course in Miracles talks quite a bit about is the idea of being special. And it's so fascinating because I always say that this concept is one that I'm going to put on the shelf of my conceptual ideas or principles or understandings and pull off in a few years when I feel like I want to dig into this because it's like one of those concepts where I don't even want to, I'm enjoying, my ego is enjoying the thought of being special, (laughs) let's say. So my ego is like, we'll put this one on the shelf. We'll marinate and ruminate on that concept later. But within A Course in Miracles, it talks quite a bit about the idea of being special. And if we believe that we are special, we believe that we are other, we believe that we are better than, we believe that we are different, we believe that we are not one, we are believe... um, in the illusion, as A Course in Miracles says. And so it has this conversation about the idea that we all think we're special, 
and how that really perpetuates the idea of separation, the idea of being better than others, the idea of the spiritual ego in a way where you're like, I'm special, I'm unique. I am having this experience, main character energy. This is like full on main character energy vibes. And so not to say that I have myself integrated that conversation or that concept of being special within A Course in Miracles, because I haven't. I actually like don't even want to go there yet. But it is an interesting thought because if we do think that we're special, if we do think that we're different, then we do think that we are not one. And we do feel like we are not of the creator. We are not equal in that sense of us being all God, all living fractals of the divine. And it's important that when we think about the spiritual ego, it's not about getting rid of it or killing it. And I think that's really important to the process. As we evolve and learn, we realize that we don't want to kill any part of us. <laughs> we don't want to get rid of any part of us. And that's with feelings. That's with emotions. That's with trauma. You know, you don't want to kill your emotions. You don't want to not feel your emotions. You don't want to get rid of them. You want to experience and feel them and come to a place of non-judgment with them. So it's not about getting rid of the ego. It's not about killing the ego. Our egos are dope. They've provided us a great journey in this life. And our egos, our egos love that we love them, but we also want to be playful with our egos in our love for them. So when we're kind of being playful with the ego, we can always recognize that we're the eternal being, we're the eternal God, we're the eternal divine nature. And the ego exists as a part of this experience, but is not us. So we know in our hearts that killing the ego or getting rid of the ego is not the way. We don't want to kill any part of us, especially a very important part that has been helpful for our life. Carl Jung says, the first half of life is devoted to forming a healthy ego. The second half is going inward and letting go of it. So it's really important that the first half of our life was about forming this beautiful, healthy ego that supported us in being safe, that supported us in any trauma, that supported us in surviving. And then as we become conscious, you know, as our um, prefrontal cortex comes online after 25, after we go through our Saturn return, we're almost 30. The second half of our life, we can really work on letting go of it. This is the unlearning of all the principles and practices that keep us safe in our minds, but really are limiting us in our capacity. The ego is a really important part of the process of evolution and of our life. So again, we don't hate the spiritual ego. We live, laugh, love the spiritual ego. And it's a really important vessel for transformation for us. So the aspects of our ego are actually really important part of our transformation journey, of our spiritual journey. And there is an awareness of our egos where we can distinguish between them and our authentic selves. So we can really, really look at the conventional opinion from the outside or the you know, what we've kind of had to build with the ego and then the unconscious on the inside. So when we have a good understanding of our egos, we can understand and distinguish between our egos and our authentic selves. So really, really looking at the vessel or the ego as this container for our authentic self. And how can we find ways to peel back the layers of the ego to get more closer and closer to our authentic selves, to our soul, to that true and divine nature. Inborn in us is an authentic whole being which wants to be expressed and fulfilled. So we just have to work with that authentic whole being and not against it. So this means that sometimes we really have to let go of these egoic petty wants and desires and really pay attention to our deeper impulse. So only that can we become the individuated being that Carl Jung talks quite a bit about is when we've really peeled back the layers that we've learned over time and over history in our lives to come to the core authentic essence of who we are. And that authentic essence is the non-judgmental one, the non-separate one, the one that is all loving and all knowing. Carl Jung also says, the experience of the self is always a defeat for the ego. So the experience of the self is always a defeat for the ego. So when we have that really powerful, like inflow divine moments, that is always a really powerful defeat for our ego that Carl Jung talks quite a bit about. So some things that you can do to work with the spiritual ego, to have fun with it. We don't want to kill it. 
We don't want to combat it. It's just kind of working with this spiritual ego identity and coming back to the true core nature. Ram Das says, spiritual practices help us move from identifying with the ego to identifying with the soul. Old age does that for you too. It spiritualizes people naturally. I love that quote from Ram Das because it is really about how can spirituality be a part of moving away from the identification with the ego and identifying with that eternal part of us, that soul part of us. I think one of the most important parts for me is really noticing it and playing with it, being kind to yourself and having fun with it. So I will do this all the time when I'm finding myself in a place of being like, I am better than everyone because I'm eating mindfully and organically and whole foods. And I'm going to air one and I'm setting an intention with my food and da-da-da-da. It's like, what do we know? We don't know really much about anything in life. And we can laugh at ourselves when we think we know everything, when we think we know what's best for the world, when we think we know what's best for the person down the street, when we think that our way is the best way. We always have to come to a point of playfulness, of laughter, of jovialness on our spiritual journey where we find ourselves being judgmental, where we find ourselves being like, oh my gosh, they didn't do yoga for a year or oh my gosh, they haven't read that book or oh my gosh, they have needs and wants, da-da-da-da. And just being mindful of those thoughts and feelings and being like, oh my gosh, I'm believing I'm separate. I'm believing I'm extra special. I'm believing I'm all these things. And I'm seeing myself as separate. How can I bring more play and loving awareness into that so that I'm playing with the spiritual ego? And I'm not like, oh my God, here I did it again. Because that is then the ego identity feeling like we're doing something wrong. I would always check in with the body. I think the body is always the best place to check in where you're like, ooh, I'm judging or I'm feeling better than someone. Like what is happening now in my body? Am I am I scared? Am I scared of them? Am I finding myself that I need a little bit more nourishment? I need a little bit more rest or I'm not feeling like my best. So I'm finding myself thinking of ways to try and protect my ego identity. So always check in with the body. Observing the mind is really, really important. I think if you are not at a place where you're able to observe the mind, this can be really challenging. And I think anything in life when we're finding ourselves being separate from the identity of who we are. I think that's the most important. So psychedelics are important here. I've talked a little bit about that because you have this powerful ego dissolution that helps you shut off the ego at times, that you are not the ego. Meditation is also really powerful. The ego can build walls up to believe that we're this thing, we're we're a mom, we're a coach, we're a corporate executive, we're these things. And how can we bring down those walls in the psyche? Is it meditation? Is it psychedelics? How can we come back to this feeling of oneness? And I had an experience with a psilocybin journey where I was like sitting, and I was like in the in the mushroom experience. I was looking at the stars. I was sitting in the desert as you do. I was like, wow, this has been dope. <laughs> I was like, Krista Williams has been dope. I've really enjoyed this version, this iteration, you know, this. I've really enjoyed this iteration of me, this version of me that I've created, you know, this like identity and shell that I that I am. And I was like, wow, this is really fun. And then I felt that myself letting go of that. What if I was not all of the things I believed myself to be? And what if I was eternal? What if I was um, more expanded than that? So psychedelics, meditation, whatever it is that's going to really help you observe the mind. I think that is really important so that you can distinguish between yourself and your ego. You are not your thoughts. You are not your experiences. You are not your labels. You are way bigger and more expansive than all of that. We'll be back in just a moment. But first, we want to share a little bit about the sponsors who support this episode. If you are having trouble finding a reputable doctor, physician, specialist, where you are, let me recommend ZocDoc. I recently moved about nine months ago and it was really important for me to find my new doctors and specialists where I live now. In Brooklyn specifically, I'm willing to go to the city, Uh, but I hopped on the ZocDoc app and I was so pleasantly surprised how easy it was to find quality doctors and I can read 
verified reviews and also book right in the app. So finding and booking the doctor right there in the app is a really easy experience. Um, You can see if they take your insurance. uh, You can see if they will be fulfilling your specific needs and then book. It's easy. It's pain-free. I'm really, really excited for you. So if you are looking for a physician, a specialist, and you've just had enough of like sitting on the phone and trying to find who takes your insurance and trying to find the perfect fit, look no further. Go to ZocDoc.com slash almost 30. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash almost 30 and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's zocdoc.com slash almost 30, zocdoc.com slash almost 30. One of my favorite memories growing up is eating cereal in the morning. Not sure if you can relate. There's just something so good about the crunch and just spooning that cereal into my mouth. Uh, And I'm excited because now as an adult, I can get healthy cereal. Uh, So I know we're all trying to eat better, feel better, but sometimes like breakfast is boring. And so I'm excited introduce you to Magic Spoon. If you haven't heard, uh, they have amazing flavors of cereal that you will love, but without all the bad stuff. And it's amazing as a midnight snack too. By midnight, I really mean 9 p.m. Um, But it's delicious. Zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. Only 140 calories per serving. Uh, It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, and low-carb. And what's very cool is you can build your own box. Available flavors to build your very own custom bundle are cocoa, fruity, frosted, peanut butter, blueberry, cinnamon, cookies and cream, and maple waffle. Okay, my top two are frosted, okay? And these cinnamon. Blueberry comes in right after cinnamon. It's so, so good, healthy, delicious, crunchy, will satisfy your craving. I I swear. Magicspoon.com slash almost 30 to grab a custom bundle of cereal and be sure to use our promo code almost 30 at checkout to save $5 off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash almost 30 and use the code almost 30 to save $5 off. Thank you so much, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode. Go get it. Magicspoon.com slash almost 30, code almost 30. Psychologists recommend empowering and observing the eye. So making room for self-reflection, watching yourself from a distance, confronting all aspects of who you are, especially those uncomfortable ones. When I'm like, I am a podcaster. Or if I'm looking at the uncomfortable ones, I'm like, I am better than people because I'm spiritual. You know, that's like a subconscious belief. I don't even think our spiritual mind would let our conscious belief be like, oh my God, all is love. But when we find ourselves having those eye where I'm like, oh, I would never do that. Or I you know, would never watch that. I would never vote that way. I would never do that. How can we confront those aspects of ourselves that we've identified with observing the thoughts instead of buying into them as truth, letting go of that perfectionist mentality around things. Just as the Buddhists invite us to watch our mind, to observe our thoughts without judging, mindfulness is really the ability to be present. So being present in the moment is really hard for the ego to live. The ego can't live in the present moment. And so to be with what happens here and now and abandon the illusion of self, abandon the illusion of your identity and just be in the here and now is one of the most powerful ways to work with the ego and the spiritual ego. And egolessness doesn't mean you get rid of the ego. It's really just the illusion of a self, the illusion of these ideas and principles that you've built up over the years as a protective mechanism to be anything but your eternal, you know, godlike self. So we must work with the ego to undo these patterns that we've developed for years. These have been developed in our entire life. So it's not like we're going to at one day be like, I have no ego. Because then you'll get on Instagram and you'll be like, I have no ego. (laughs) And then your ego is like, I'm back, bitch. You're telling everyone that you have no ego? Yes, this is the shit. (laughs) I now think I'm amazing because I have no ego. So 
I don't think it's going to be something where you one day have no ego, where you one day have conquered the spiritual ego, but it is always something we're doing the dance with. Egolessness does mean freedom. So being present means freedom. Having less of an ego or a greater relationship or understanding of our ego means freedom. We liberate ourselves from the anxiety and the identity of defending who we are. You know, I don't know if you found, but over time, when I've had less of an attachment to a certain identity, I've found myself in way more peaceful situations and in way less conflict. Because as an example, in the past couple of years with all of the conversations around identity that have been really brought up, do you identify as this political party, that political party? Do you identify with this from a health stance perspective with this? Do you identify with this conversation with that? Do you identify, you know, all these opportunities for defending the illusion of who we are. I am a liberal. I am a conservative. I am pro this. I am anti this. I am all of these things. When we really come back to less of an ego state or the egolessness or the presence, it really can allow us freedom where you're like, oh, I'm all things. I don't identify with anything. I'm just, you know, completely like a neutral party to all of them. You find yourself defending less. And as we become more conscious, we find ourselves defending ourselves less where you're like, yeah, don't really care if they think that about me. And I think that's one of the best things ever. When you are becoming to the place, and I've definitely come to this where I'm like, oh, wow, people online or in the world or that listen to the show or that don't listen to the show could believe that I am a total idiot. <laughs> and that is completely okay because I don't have an identity part of me that needs to defend the illusion of not being an idiot. There are other things people could say about me where I'd be like, oh, that one stung a little because I'm still working on it. But there are parts where I'm like, eh, doesn't, doesn't matter, don't care because I've worked on that part of the identity. So there is a freedom in liberating ourselves from any anxiety to defend any illusion of who we are, knowing that we are like this eternal, beautiful being. I also really love uh, a friend of mine who I did the Law of One course, Aaron Abke, has this really beautiful principle around the spiritual ego where he says, who cares? <laughs> He's like, always coming back to who cares? If you feel like you are doing something, you are reading this book because you want everyone to know, you are holding it and leaving it out at the coffee shop so people know that you've read Bhagavad Gita and you are just kind of like being casual about these things that you have everyone needing to know about your spirituality and your process and how amazing you are and how good of a person you are. Coming back to who cares? Because if you are like, oh my gosh, I have to let them know about this thing. I have to make sure they know I'm spiritual, da 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 That's definitely the ego. We should be doing things from the place of the true soul desire, the true soul knowing, the true soul wanting, because that's when you're like, oh, my soul cares. The eternal part of me cares. Not like I have to let everyone on Instagram know that I did a 40-day challenge where I was like totally popping off doing Kundalini every single day and it made me have an awakening and blah, 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 blah. You know, what part of us is that? And there is the dance of so much in the spiritual space. And this is the last thing I'll say about it, but with astrology, with human design, with all of these different ways in which, with Enneagram, with Myers-Briggs, with these different ways that our ego finds opportunities to hide. And I'm saying this very playfully as someone that identifies with my signs, with my blah, blah, blah. But they are all opportunities for our ego because then our ego is like, I'm a projector 3-5. I'm a Virgo rising, Sag moon, Pisces. You know, how are we limiting ourselves in these ways? And how is our ego hiding in these identities that we've established and created in the spiritual space? Because they're essentially a way to separate ourselves because I'm like, I am these things. I am unique. I am special. You are these things. You are unique and special, which is all true. You are unique and special. You are all these different formulas of things. I am as well. But how? Can we playfully bring the energy of this potentially having the opportunity to separate us and keep us thinking we're better than other people? So spiritual ego, something we can all 
be mindful of, we can all be thoughtful about, and really, really just seeing it as an important part of our graduation process in our spiritual journey. So not getting stuck here when we discover spirituality, continuing on our evolutionary process, letting ourselves evolve, letting ourselves grow, letting ourselves transform, and not being stuck and seeing this as the end point, seeing your discovery of spirituality as the end point to your evolution. Being mindful of the ego, befriending the ego, you know, always recognizing it in ourselves, always um, seeing ourselves as separate from, but observing and being kind to the ego, distinguishing between yourself and the ego, and really just watching our mind and coming to it from a playful perspective. So I'm excited to be in conversation with you about it. I'm excited to bring this sort of conversation because I do feel like it's part of my duty, I guess, in uh, this space to bring forward conversations like this because I do feel like this is something that really, really happens quite often. And when we want to talk about true spirituality, true love, true oneness, I think it's really important that we can look at the ways in which we separate ourselves from others. And I'm always open to talk more about this with you. I have to thank Ram Das, Carl Jung, Aaron Abke, Eckhart Tolle for their work on the ego and for educating me in this. You can definitely read more of their books, find more information from them to learn more and to dig in deeper. I will see you on the next one. All right. Thank you so, so good. So good. Thank you guys Thank for sharing you. these with friends. You guys can have conversations about topics that we talk about on the show. Again, we have solo episodes in addition to amazing interviews. So make sure you're subscribed to Almost 30 so the new interviews come into your inbox every week. And thank you to our sponsors for this episode. Elevy, Beauty and the Broth, ZocDoc, and Magic Spoon, incredible experiences and products that Krista and I have vetted ourselves and are excited to share with you. You can find all discount information in our show notes as well as on our website, almost30.com. Thank you for listening. We will see you on the next one. See you soon.